You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we get Facebook clued into what we're about to do here. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, the very latest on the quarterback trade front is that there really isn't anything new, aside from some additional buzz that's come out from some insiders on the Deshaun Watson front and Aaron Rodgers, by virtue of the agreement that the NFL and NFLPA put together on opt-out deadlines, could opt out of this season and still save himself or or preserve for himself some of that money. But he's entering his age 38 season. How wise would that be? I don't think he's going to do it, but it leaves him the option by July 2nd, which is the deadline for the virus of play- if players want to opt out of the season, he would save $18.3 million instead of surrendering that by holding out or retiring by breaching his contract. Everyone forgets he still signed, I think, through 2023. So he's under contract with Green Bay. If he wants to play these games, he has to realize the financial ramifications of playing chicken with a professional NFL franchise, but I don't think it's going to happen, but it's one option for Aaron. At least it's more leverage in his camp. He could be like, listen, you don't want to acquiesce to me. Okay. I'll opt out and I'll save 18.3 million. But the argument, Chad, I know you also pose it. It's not all about the money. This will be the determining factor. If it really is all about the money or not, I don't see him opting out though. I just wonder how much longer this can go without there being any movement on either front, I mean, again, as I told you guys, I think I mentioned it last week, I've been told by a birdie or two that there's kind of an understanding that you got through June wow. until you can really make a decision on Rodgers as far as the teams out there that are interested in Aaron and what they might be willing to give up today to land Aaron. That equation could shift if this stretches into July and let's say you get Zach to the doorstep at training camp and suddenly the Packers are willing to talk, the cost or the the haul that they could bring in is probably going to drop by them because NFL teams know they're going to be under the gun to not so much get Rodgers up to speed, but to get their team up to speed to what Rodgers wants to do. Similarly to when Peyton Manning came to Denver in 2012, it wasn't so much getting Peyton up to speed, although he had missed the, the season prior. It was about having the time to get all the – parts in place to run what Peyton was comfortable running. I mean, well, the ball to me really is in Aaron's court here because again, the Packers can sit back and be like, listen, you're under contract. If you want to breach that, we'll find you. You're going to surrender the money for this coming season. If he holds out long enough, he would lose an accredited year toward free agency and he would lose that money as well. Um, So I don't really see any action on Green Bay's part if they are dead set on keeping him as it's been reported. They say he's not going anywhere. They're not going to trade him. We will see. This is going to come to a head by next Friday somewhat with the opt-out deadline. But even after that, like you said, it can extend in the training camp. Maybe the regular season, though, I'm still holding firm to the belief that there will be an olive branch, probably very expensive, between Green Bay and Aaron between uh, this fall, regular season week one. 
let's remember um, this headline from about a week and a half ago. Broncos have a 60-40 odds of acquiring Aaron Rodgers. And Zach, you had this story, KOA's Benjamin Albright, friend of the show, a guy that we've had on this podcast more than once. We trust what he says. Is every single insider 100% right when it comes to prognostication? No. But let me tell you something. Benjamin Albright has an uncanny knack for being right, dude, but for being right. And this is what he said on June 15th. Broncos have 60-40 odds of trading for the disgruntled uh, Green Bay Packers superstar quarterback. I'm quoting Zach here. This, courtesy of Benjamin Albright, who dropped a bomb on Rogers' status during a Monday interview with ESPN Cleveland. Denver is where Aaron Rodgers wants to be. So, Zach, if indeed Denver is where Aaron Rodgers wants to be, and the Broncos, actually the Packers, are content or at least can live with the idea of already started kind of orienting themselves towards the assumption that it's going to be Jordan Love 2021, at a certain point, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. Get what you can out of this guy now, right? While there's the getting still good as far as the value addition, whether it's to Denver or Vegas or whatever, if it stretches into July, it goes into a no man's land that is not advantageous for either the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. We've heard so many things, though. No, no disrespect to Benjamin Albright, who's great, and I do believe what he's saying here. But, you know, these things change by the day. It's as the Aaron turns every single day like a soap opera. And that was June 14th, and it's June 27th now. So maybe things behind the scenes have changed since then. But, again, I agree with you on the sole premise that Green Bay actually wants to move him. And I ask you this question, is what you get back for him, even at maybe a semi-diminished rate, not three first-round picks and a player. Let's say you get back two first-round picks. You lose your franchise quarterback, your MVP, your future Hall of Famer, and you also will be forever known as the GM or the organization that kind of forged that divide and ruined that illustrious just standard around Green Bay. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to make a bond of the contract or call his bluff. If you want to go retire, you want to go whatever on a game show, you want to opt out, that's on you, Aaron. But they're going to sit back, I think, Green Bay for as long as they can, if and only if they are dead set on keeping him. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you've already made, I mean, how many, we could, we could check um, over the cap to see what his career earnings are, but I'd hazard it somewhere. Million. How much? $240 million. Okay. So he can live with foregoing a fraction of that in potential penalties or monies he might have to pay back or give back on his signing bonus that gets prorated over the life of the, of the contract if it ends up getting him where he wants to be. I mean, this is not a guy, Zach, that's clipping coupons and pinching pennies, right? I mean, it's true, but again, uh, it's it's his decision. I don't think that's where I that's where I take the Green Bay element out of it. If they don't, if they want to keep him, if they want to call his bluff, they don't have to do anything between now and week one. And the only thing they're going to do is get Jordan Love ready. And I think they're happy in hindsight now that they drafted a first round quarterback in this event. John, throw up that Willie super chat if you still got it, real quick. I just want to shout him out. Appreciate the super chat, Willie. Great friend of the show, bona fide MHH superstar. Been on the show. He says, I do take Albright's reports as gold, though. Yeah. I mean, we do too. In terms of, you know, it's coming from a solid place. You know, Albright doesn't just spew, get on Twitter and spew things, he doesn't jump on a radio interview and just. It usually comes out in the wash somewhere close to what, and it's not always like in the case of Albright, who, God bless him, lives on Twitter, right? The dude, like, he's got like 
the Elon Musk, what I don't, I don't know what that program he's calling it, what's the connection where you're going to interface your brain to your, to your phone or whatever someday. Like he, Benjamin already has that on Twitter. The dude lives on Twitter. And so he says a lot of stuff, not always in the guise or in the form of an official report, but it all ends up coming out in the wash. It's, it is uncanny. He, I trust what he says in terms of like buzz, rumor, speculation, way more than I would even Mike Kliss because the stuff Mike Kliss gets, Zach, is usually it's stuff that's fed from the team that's specifically the team has an agenda to get it out there. And so it's not usually in the rumor speculation type of things. It's breaking news. Whereas Albright actually takes on some of these topics that are are unclear. You don't know how they're going to break and puts information out there that typically ends up being true. And what I appreciate about Albright is the information is usually objective. He's not taking a side, let's say, it, for instance, in the quarterback competition, he's actually reported more positively on Drew Locke than most other reporters, so I do appreciate that. But, Chad, it looks like we have a massive, massive super chat from Golly. Black Knight that we should pull up here. Yeah, throw, let, let, let me, let me uh, Albert, we're going to get that on the other side. Go ahead, John, and if you want to put up Jeremy's super, if wow. you have it. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Jeremy. Jeremy. Thank you. You are a you are a le- a living legend, dude. You and Demarcus Walker, living <laughs> legends. All right. Seriously, man. We don't take this level of support for granted. We appreciate it. You know that. Um, we're here for you. You're here for us. We really do appreciate it, man. On a Sunday when you know, I've been out in the yard, been doing stuff, helping with the wife with the baby, little things here and then. It's like, oh, we got time for the podcast. This isn't necessarily why we show up and do the podcast, but this is what allows us to continue budgeting that time and creative energy and focus and growing. So, Jeremy, dude, we'll get to your super chat, but Zach, living legend. And I urge anyone out there who's on Twitch or a gamer to follow him. I think it's Black Knight 323. Isn't it reversed? Right? I got it, John. Yeah, so anyone out there, he's a great follow, great gamer, and a great Broncos fan and contributor to the to the podcast and the community. Jeremy, thank you so much. Words don't do any justice, but we do appreciate it deeply. So he has a message to the DVDD guys from Friday. He says, I would pass on Watson at this point. When you have way too many ladies making the kind of claims they have, it would paint the Broncos in a very bad light. Rogers, Locker, Teddy. I don't care. I just want a high-octane offense again. Anyway, off to Twitch land. Peace. Peace indeed, dude. Peace indeed. That's a that's a mic drop right there. But, yeah, I mean, Zach, we talked about this on more than one occasion before and, well, after he became kind of radioactive and trying to explain to people why Watson now is radioactive is, you know, even if this thing does get resolved, Zach, out of court, some kind of settlement, or who knows, maybe the football fates and the, um, you know, the, the justice fates – Will it to actually go to some kind of civil court? Maybe it ends up going into some kind of criminal territory. There's no way of knowing how this thing could take shape down the road. So if you're a team like the Denver Broncos, who would be asked, I'm sure, by Houston to give up a veritable king's ransom relative to the dude's resume and age, that's just not a chance you take. That's just not a chance you take. You don't know how that could blow up in more ways than one down the road. Exactly. I mean, there's a chance he ends up on the commissioner's exemplist and and misses much or maybe all of the upcoming season. I saw a funny comment by, I think it was Dave Glassman, who said, Rogers opt out, Watson on the commissioner's exempt. It's back to Lockwater for the Broncos in 2021. It might be the reality, guys, but to Jeremy's point here, even with Lockwater, you might have an elite or high-octane offense with the weapons they already have. I'm excited regardless of the quarterback this season. 
Also, Jeremy, I know you're going to hear this later. Did you get your uh, business issue worked out that you and I discussed? And then I know you've been discussing with John. Hopefully that uh, got figured out. Do you have, and then, well, actually, real quick, let's grab some matters of business. Lots more to get to tonight. Many great topics in the chat. Uh, real quick, how to connect with us on social media, starting with Twitter. Connect with the Huddle Up podcast on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod, our main account, The Mothership, recently verified by Twitter. Thank you, Twitter. We do appreciate it, finally. At Mile High Huddle. Our great producer, Buana Beast, as you know him, on Twitter, at John K M H H. a great follow on Twitter, another guy that just spends a lot of time on Twitter. Not when I, when I say that, I don't mean like wasting time, twiddling thumbs. I mean like really an engaging, fun follow, information, insight, community, good stuff there from John. My partner in crime on Twitter, Zach Kelberman. It's at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. Make sure you are liking and following the podcast on Facebook. Now, this one is a real call to action. We need you guys to follow, like and follow the page on Facebook so that we can get it to scale and start rolling out the plans we have content-wise for that page for you guys. You're going to love it once we get to that point. Either navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash pod, or just open up Facebook. If, you, if you're a Facebooker, you have it on your phone, so just open up the app, search Huddle Up Podcast, like and follow, and that, by the way, also enters you into our weekly randomly selected raffles. Could be you who wins a trucker hat or a huddle up podcast mug or you name it okay also guys kindly consider becoming a supporter of mile high huddle on facebook if you go to our main facebook page for mile high huddle facebook.com slash mile high huddle you'll see the big blue button at the top and even those of you on facebook now at the bottom where you would type in your chat there's a little green icon if you click that it'll walk you through the sign up process to become a supporter it's five bucks a month that immediately gets you access to Kelberman's Corner, every Sunday at noon, Mountain Time. The Trickle Zone, Saturdays at noon, Mountain Time. And our newest show, uh, with yours truly, Broncos Book Club. All right? Right now, no one else has access to that content except for our Facebook supporters. And if you want access to that and help us keep the lights on, so to speak, that's a great way to do it. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get a hat. Get a tee. You don't got to wait for a giveaway. You can get what you want whenever you want, including the dad hat that Zach is so uh, rocking now. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, it's all good. Make sure you're subscribed, especially if you're on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you're listening after the fact. Like this video, guys. We got, I don't know, a couple hundred between YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, right now in the room with us. If you're on Facebook or YouTube watching this, guys, please give us a like. It's an organic way to help us grow. And really the third thing, it's the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you or at the very least, you respect the effort, then share this video, this episode out on your social media. Help us continue to grow and reach those like-minded Broncos fans that are out there wandering the desert, completely unaware that this community is out here waiting to embrace them. All right. John, by chance, can you grab Albert? We'll grab Mohammed, and then I don't know if you can find that comment from Albert. I do want to tackle it relative to Roger's contract. MHH resident male model, Mohammed Badri in the house with a super sticker. He's got the microphone. He's rocking the swag like a boss. Love you, bro. You are the king of the super stickers. You are a superstar in all reality. And Zach, of course, he was there in the room with us today for Kelberman's Corner, showing love, showing support, a bona fide supporter across all of our social channels. Love you, Mo. Yeah, I appreciate the support, Mo, for KK. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's the mic that Jeremy dropped 
with his super. <laughs> yeah. So Muhammad found it, picked it up. <laughs> Thanks, Mo. Appreciate you. Albert, another great supporter with us today as well in Kelberman's Corner, says if Aaron Rodgers is opting out for 2021, doesn't he make $18 million for doing nothing? Zach, help explain this. You had the article, but my understanding is it's not that they, they don't get paid a, a nickel. They don't make any money this year. Unlike last year, they got 150000 as a stipend, which actually came off what their – so their 2020 contract got rolled into 2021. And so that 150 k like in Juwan James' case, that got taken out of what he was going to earn this year. This in, in 2021's case, Zach, there is no stipend. So if you opt out, you get nothing. It's just that that 2021 contract gets rolled into 2022. So if you have three years left on your deal, it's no longer 21, 22, and 23. It's now 22, 23, 24. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm trying to pull up spot track, but it loads so slow, Chad. But I, I don't know how much guaranteed money's left in his deal either, but that's pretty much the case. That's why, you know, there's there's certain incentives for players who want to opt out if they're and they have a certain contract structure. The way I understand it though, he would stand to lose, I think, twenty million or more if he decides to uh, hold out into the season or take retire after July 2nd. But if he opts out by that deadline, it's just a wrinkle in the NFL's new uh, system for post-CV, in the post-CV world. He would save himself 18.3. That's what we know right now about that deadline. So it looks as if he only has, and I could be completely wrong on this, cap information. This is why we have the great Bob Morris on staff here at MHH, and maybe we'll need to get him on the horn maybe later this week, see if he wants to join us to kind of help us break some of this stuff down. But Zach, going by the list here, the different columns on over the cap, it looks like he's only got $6.8 million in guaranteed salary left on the books because, yes, he's got a $14.7 million base salary this year and a $25 and a $25 million in the next two years, respectively. But if you look at the guaranteed salary, only six point eight is listed as guaranteed. Now, maybe... I'm misreading this, but if that's the case, I mean, that's that's a little bit bleak. But back to Albert's topic, though, he's not going to make any money if he opted out this year. None. Yeah, he also has a roster bonus, too. So, I, yeah, I'm not too ex- extremely well-versed on what the NFL or how the NFL pay system works in the event of an opt-out or Aaron Rodgers' case. All we know for certain is if he exercises that – um, option, which he has right now, he wouldn't, it's irrevocable, meaning he, it can't be uh, undone. If he opts out by July 2nd, he can't change his mind, but he would preserve himself some money for this coming season and then go from there, maybe, you know, do what he wants to do this year and then come back to the NFL next year. But this is what it looks like uh, real quick. If he were to be traded at any point from now on in 2021, the Packers would have 14 14- Point three million in dead money, but they would save twenty two point eight million on the cap. So, food for thought. I still think if Rodgers continues to be this dug in, unless the Packers want to completely botch what I would expect, they hope to be a amicable relationship in the long term. Because just like the fences were mended with Favre, things left. You know, he when he left Green Bay, it was pretty toxic, but. Time heals a lot of wounds, I guess. He ended up coming back and was fully embraced into the organization, Ring of Fame, Hall of Fame, all that stuff. Would that still happen with Rodgers if the team continues to play the hardball that it is? And I don't necessarily blame them for playing the hardball, 
But at a certain point, you reach the diminishing returns. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face. I get it that you don't want to let a player dictate um, a move such as Zach, you know, firing your GM. Well, if you're not willing to do that, it's all good. Trade him away because you, it's not as if you would get nothing out of this. Yeah, you're going to carry a little bit of dead money, but if you trade him now while teams still have a chance to get him up to speed for the 2021 season, Zach, I mean, the floor is probably two first-round picks and a two, and maybe a couple twos. I mean, you can still come out of this ahead, so to speak. And, hey, look, it's not as if this is some kind of left-field prospect that the Packers find themselves in as far as turning to Jordan Love. They drafted him in the first round. you got to assume for a reason. Yeah, I mean, maybe we disagree a little bit about this topic from the Packers' point of view. I just think there's more of a spectrum of either fire the GM or trade away your future Hall of Fame quarterback. There's a there's always a compromise. There's always a way to meet in the middle, and that's personally where I think Green Bay and Rodgers will meet sometime before the regular season. But Casey here, you know, feels the need to point out it was Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk that pointed out about the opt-out for Aaron, so – uh, thank you, Casey. We'll give Florio his credit. Even though if you read the article, Casey, I give him credit. But there you go, Florio. You're welcome. Uh, Will again. What's up, bro? We still aren't getting Aaron or Watson. And then he's got the Drew Locke, you know, trio of emojis. We all know what it means. All right. We'll see. I'm in agreement, too. So I'm still very stoked on the prospect of Drew versus Teddy. I still think Drew is uh, poised to have a really good summer and and come out on top in this competition and end up going on to have himself a season but you can't dismiss the prospect of getting a future hall of famer who is coming off an mvp year i mean it's just like if the broncos end up getting a feasible swing at that you got to take it i mean it's just the way it is and yeah willie we have missed you bro he says in another super john my man hell of a follow hell of a follow yes john is buona beast is a hell of a follow and willie we've missed you it's great to have you back in the manger homes. Yeah, hit John at John K M H H on Twitter. Great follow for sure. BNS, another longtime listener and bona fide superstar. How many bombs is that now? LOL. Hashtag all pro bowls. KK. I'm not sure what he means. What is he talking about? BNS is a good friend of mine. We've 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 come to common ground about Garrett Bowles. So I appreciate you. If you checked out KK BNS, uh my salutations. Thank you. But yeah, look, Garrett Bowles, hey, you know, I went from being the guy's most strident defender for the better part of almost three years, it was about two and a half, to when things got real bleak his third year, you know, halfway through that season, I was like, look, man, I just don't think this is going to work out. You know, I, I end up becoming the Doubting Thomas. I'll believe it when I see it. And then once we saw it, hey, man, we're right there with you, BNS. We're right there with you. Garrett Bowles, if he can put together another season like the one he had last year, He'll truly be an elite player. He he put up an elite performance last year, but to be really considered elite, do it more than once. You know, stack a couple of years like that back to back, and then you will be in that rarefied air. BNS says Watson will be lucky to actually see the field this year. I agree. Maybe. I mean, he's not going to be deposed apparently until sometime early next year. So the NFL, the wheels of justice turn so slow, as we all know, uh, in the real world. And that also, Watson's at that mercy. The NFL is also independently investigating Watson and 22 claims of sexual misconduct. Not one or two, 22. So it's a serious situation. And again, if he ends up on commissioner's exempt, he might miss, like BNS said there, much or maybe all of the upcoming year. I wanted to get your take on something real quick here. Um, whoops, hold on one second. I got to pull this up. 
it likes to, let's see, there we go. Um, want to get your take wow. on this. This came from uh, Chris Trapasso. Ranking the rookie running backs based on who's going to be the most productive in 2021. All right. Tim, in my opinion, inexplicably, Michael Carter, number one for the New York Jets. Number two, Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. I do understand that one. That's an offense that is built to be a juggernaut. Trey Sermon, understand that one too, Zach. Kyle Shanahan offense, zone blocking scheme. It's set up to really pay some dividends. Travis Etienne in Jacksonville. You know, we'll see how that works out with the rookie quarterback, as great as Trevor Lawrence was in college. You never really can predict exactly how long it's going to take for prolific college cues to get up to speed in the league. Then Pookie at number five. How do you feel about this this particular order? Let him hate Pookie. <laughs> no, but it, seriously, I don't. I disagree with Michael Carter. If you can make the case for Najee Harris as the best running back, arguably in this draft class, even though that Steelers offensive line, Chad, is it literally barely there anymore. They've lost so many starters. Trey Sermon out there with Kyle Shanahan, out there with Trey Lance and those weapons. I could see the case for him. Travis Etienne, though, even, you know, I understand he was the draft pick here, but there's still James Robinson in that backfield. They're using LaVisca Chenault even at running back in Jacksonville. I would move Javante up a little bit here. I liked Michael Carter. He was actually Javante's backfield college mate at UNC. I don't agree with number one. I agree that he should be on the list, Michael Carter. Not number one, though. That's definitely a homer alert from Chris Chris Chapasso. Absolutely. You don't even know if the Jets are going to have an offense this year. You know, I say that with some jest, but when's the last time this team fielded a competent offense? And I know the Adam Gase years were, you know, some dark days for New York Jets fans, but you got a rookie quarterback, albeit a highly drafted, you know, number two overall pick in Zach Wilson, but a brand new coaching staff, going to be a lot of pitfalls, Zach, trial and error, getting things up to speed. Like this is going to be a team that's probably going to have to lead defensively by virtue of the new head coach, Robert Salas, kind of acumen as a, as a leader of men and a defensive guy. My bet is that that offense, including the production at running back, is going to take a lot of time to marinate. Plus, I believe, don't they have uh, Tevin Coleman out there? He reunited with uh, Robert Salah in, in New York. So it's not exactly a wide-open backfield there. Again, I like Michael Carter, but I don't agree with number one on this list. You can make the case, again, for any other player, maybe with the exception of Etienne. Uh, but maybe Trapasso went to UNC. Maybe that's where the Homer connection ties in here because something's wrong at number one. This is what I'm talking about, all right? this is These are the type of great fans, listeners, community members that are ride or die that we appreciate. You know, when we say, hey, Super Chat Superstars or becoming a supporter or buying merch, that's all great and we appreciate it very, very much. But when we say, if you can't do that, it's all good. Here are some of the things you can do to support the show. How do you say that? The Hotchwinnick? The Hotchwinnick? This is what we're talking about, though. I'm now in the habit of liking the same pod on both platforms, Facebook and YouTube. The least I can do for what you two do for us. Thank you. If you take our call to action, we do appreciate that, my friend. Uh, props to you. Well, just tell us how to pronounce your name now. The, ha- yeah. the Hatchwinnick. The Hatchwinnick? I mean, are you related to, to – no, that's not, that's Willink. I was thinking Jocko Willink, but that's Winnick, Willink, not quite the same. We appreciate um, you, though. Thank you. Very much so. Do you, John, do you have Michaela, who I see is decided to be very generous today? The Duchess <laughs> herself, not to be outdone. Top rope. Here she comes. Elbow. Bam. Man, Michaela, we love you. We're excited because we're only a few more weeks out 
from hosting you on the show. And then, of course, being able to meet you in the flesh, September 26th, Denver, Colorado. We're going to be there with the tent in the parking lot, tailgate section, pre-week three, the Broncos home opener. I know we're going to see you there. We can't wait for that. But Zach just blows our mind. It's amazing. It's the royalty up there with Bobby and Christy. Michaela, you are the Duchess for a reason. And thank you seriously so much. She says, why are we always willing to settle for temporary band-aids? We will not be able to re-sign our current players. She's saying if we were to like try and afford Aaron Rodgers. We build our team through the draft. In today's NFL, you can't pay everyone. Very true. Very true. And it's a it's a concern that you have to balance, right? The Broncos went through that during the Peyton Manning years. They went through that during John Elway's, you know, um, final stages. The last three, four years he was in Denver, they had to really get creative and figure out how to move money around and John even took less money to bring in guys like Neil Smith. And, you know, it's, it's a consideration, but when the quarterback here's here, just to play devil's advocate, Zach, when the quarterback can take you from being a dark horse threat, perhaps to make the playoffs, to be in a bona fide contender in the AFC by virtue of signing a contract or, you know, getting dealt to your city. That's not something that you, it's not a gift horse. You look in the mouth. Now, as we've said on this podcast, dating back to April 20. Ninth, I think was the day of the draft when this all became public knowledge and spilled into the, into the public arena, there has to be a Rubicon point that you don't cross, right? There's a point where that's too much. It's a bridge too far. We're going to go ahead and and roll with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. We don't know what that is yet though, because the Packers, as far as our knowledge leads us, Zach, we don't know yet a, if they're willing to deal him and and B, if they do deal him, what they're going to ask for. And if you, this is a good point by Michaela. This is also cost prohibitive to me anyway. If you take on Rogers' contract and rest assured, if he's playing, let's say three more years, he's going to want some sort of a, a amendment to his current deal, maybe an extra couple years or more money. Say goodbye to Von Miller. You know, say goodbye maybe to Cortland Sutton down the road. Say goodbye to Kareem Jackson. You're going to have to break up a, a, a bit of a nucleus of the team. Maybe some older players, but you're going to have to take on one Aaron Rodgers versus maybe three or four veterans or contributors or starters. And that's where it's subjective. That's where if if you think it's worth it, that's your opinion. But when you're giving up that amount of capital, let's say two first-round picks, when you're surrendering losing your player starts out like Von Miller, and then you're taking on his contract on top of that, it is, to me, a bridge too far. At least with Deshaun Watson, I know he's radioactive, but he's 25. He's not 38. So that wouldn't be a Band-Aid, potentially. That would be a long-term fix. It, that's how you justify at least that acquisition. Quick shout-out to Gary Leeds Palmer. Yo, Broncos country. Love this pod. We love you, too, you legend. Andrew Baker showing some love on Facebook. Zebulon. 100 stars. There he is. Battling the Romulans. He took some time off from that. Came come and spend some time here on the Huddle Up podcast. One of these days, Kevin, you got to tell us where the Zebulon Omega handle comes from. You got to help us wrap our brains around that. I mean, I'm a big Zach. I'm a big like Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a big Star Wars fan. You know, I could change my handle to, you know, Gandalf the Chad or something like that, right? But I, I and I probably should do it, but I don't think people would take my football takes all that seriously. Zebulon, in that sense, I do envy you. I wish I could be, you know, Darth Chad on Twitter, at Darth Chad. I don't know. That, that, that handle's probably already taken, but either way, you got to explain to us where the handle comes from. I'm pretty sure if he told us, he'd have to kill us. So those are the rules. Love you guys. Appreciate you. 
All right, let's see what other topics we might have on the mind here this evening. Um, BG, talk about superstars. One of the very first faces etched up in our MHH Mount Rushmore, and we got some cool stuff on that front coming very soon once we roll out our YouTube membership. Some really cool recognition of our true Mount Rushmore superstars and all of our superstars, to be honest. And BG, you know this. You're right up there, my dog. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for the super. And always good to see you, Brian. Thank you. Uh, Jay Roper, real quick, John, says, has anyone looked at the draft history of Peyton, the GM, George Peyton, in Miami and with the Vikings? I mean, we've we spent quite a lot of time, Zach, talking about the draft history with the Vikings, but I don't recall really spending too much time looking at the history in Miami. No, and but I looked into when he first got hired. I put a tweet out there. I looked into the Vikings draft his, history dating back to 2010 when he's been a central figure in the front office there. And that's why, you know, I found out they only took two quarterbacks in the first round in 10 years. It was Teddy Bridgewater and Christian Ponder. So I, I wasn't too surprised. That's the number one argument right now on Twitter. Chat. I don't know if you've seen it or not. The Broncos passing on Justin Fields. It's like uh ptsd two months later now broncos country's complaining about it so that's if you followed peyton's history if you if you actually did the research it's not all that surprising albert appreciate you my friend participating in broncos book club kelvin's corner today you demand we uh when we fire up the old laptops and turn on the lights and grab the microphone we look forward to seeing you and all of our other great supporters in the room when we do that so appreciate you brother um Mike, hold hold on that thought real quick on Mike real quick. Uh, John, I want to quickly, I think this is interesting. Let's take a quick look at the Dolphins draft history, okay? George Uh-oh. Payton was in the front office as a director of pro personnel. So he wasn't involved in the draft um, as far as the Dolphins were concerned. He was on the pro side. So that meant, you know, scouting opponents and free agency and uh, stuff like that. But he was in the room, I'm sure, for those meetings when they were deciding on draft picks. But real quick, for what it's worth, all right, I'm just going to go through the top two picks in these five years he was in Miami. Jamar Fletcher, first-round pick in 01. Chris Chambers, who was one of the best wide receivers in the game for about a four- or five-year stretch there, all right, uh, played all the way up until 2010. The next year it was not until the third round that the Dolphins picked. They took a center, Seth McKinney, and and the tight end who went on to have a lasting career, Randy McMichael, in round four. Uh, The next year, 03, they took Eddie Moore, the linebacker, in the second round, and Wade Smith, the tackle, in uh, the third round. Smith, for what it's worth, went on to have a lasting career. Eddie Moore did not. He kind of flamed out pretty quick. Uh, Vernon Carey, the the following year, Zach, tackle in round one. Ended up playing until 2011, but he – Definitely did not justify his draft pedigree. And then fourth round pick was their next one that year. Will pull the DB and uh, he lasted exactly that same year. Mm. He didn't, he didn't make the cut. Uh, Then we get to 05 and some names that I think most fans can remember, especially if you played fantasy football, the running back, Ronnie Brown, right? He of the wildcat fame, (laughs) right? Uh, In round one, Matt Roth, the defensive end in round two. And then last draft, that you could say George Payton was in any way, shape, or form associated with with the Dolphins. It was the DB. Um, wait a minute. No, that's a – yeah, Jason Allen, first round, and then Derek Hagan, the wideout, in the third round. So <laughs> that's, there's your draft, draft history. And what's one thing you don't see on there? Quarterback. 
And if you follow the Dolphins during those times, after Dan Marino, the Broncos, I mean the Broncos, the Dolphins were wandering that desert like the Broncos did after Peyton Manning. They had Jay Fiedler. I think in 05, uh, they signed, wasn't it Culpepper when they passed on Drew Brees? Exactly. Yep. I, so, I don't know yeah. if it was, it was 06. Uh, one of those years, but my point is they didn't take a rookie there. They 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 plugged in a veteran. So, again, even if you look at Peyton's history in Minnesota and in Miami, it's it's pretty crystallized now why they passed on Fields and Mac Jones in round one this year. Great point. It wasn't just no quarterback taken in round one or two. That entire five-year stretch that we just went over, not a quarterback taken by the Dolphins. So, for whatever it's worth. We told you on this podcast – Look, don't expect Peyton to take a cue in round one. A lot of people didn't want to hear it, and it wasn't necessarily because that's what we wanted to see, although we were both believers that it's too early to qu- quite give up on Drew. It's just knowing the score, knowing which way the wind's blowing. I mean, the best predictor of future behavior or the future is the past behavior. It's not the only, but it's the best. Andrew, what's up, bro? Thanks for the stars. He says, what's up, my gang? MHH for life. So what's the quarterback contest going to look like for preseason games, and are those games going to be deciding factors? Yes, they will be. I mean, it all is part of the tapestry, you know, every rep in camp, every practice in training camp. But the preseason games and how each, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, how they perform in those games is going to be the biggest part of the pie chart, you know, that determines who wins the job. So – how that's going to look, I think what you'll see, Zach, is these two rotate. They'll, each one will get a chance to start in week one, game one and game two. And then that third game, unlike past years where, you know, the final preseason game, you sit the starters. I think you'll see at least offensively the starters play quite a bit as the coaches try to figure out who's the best guy to start the season at quarterback. Yeah, traditionally, the first preseason game, the fourth preseason game, you don't see much action from the starters, but, you know, coming out of a pandemic ruined year and uh, having one less preseason game, I think the starters are going to play in every one of those games, and they're going to use one as the dress rehearsal where, you know, one quarterback should get one half and one quarterback should get the other half, maybe a little to Brett Rippon as well. But, yeah, I think Drew should also open with the number ones. He's going to probably open the first preseason game with the starters, and they'll give Teddy a shot with the starters and go from there. Fangio said it's to take it down to the wire. I mean, he might even go into week one against New York, not naming a starter for a competitive advantage. It's going to be that much of a process. John, I'm going to grab Casey and then Mike Evans, the great Mike Evans, who published his latest article today at milehuddle.com, talking about the tight end position, acknowledging it's a talented group, but there is a concern that comes along with the current stable of tight ends. We'll get to Mike one second. First, Casey says, no snark or sarcasm in my question. What do people see that makes them believe Locke can become a champion? Who said champion? Not me. I mean, he can be a potential franchise quarterback, but neither, neither of us are predicting he's going to hoist Lombardi this coming season. So, again, it's a leap too far when it comes to anti-Locke commenters. They want to take one little – opinion or one little bit of analysis and extrapolate that into an umbrella kind of point here. No one said champion. We just want to see him get a fair shot, Casey. And we believe you're talking about his traits here, his arm talent. I think his leadership, I think his love for the game. And just if he puts it together up here, if he gets some solid coaching and takes the next step forward, all we want to see is what we think he could be. No one is saying the next Patrick Mahomes, but at least a quarterback the Broncos can win with and grow with. That's pretty reasonable as far as I'm concerned. 
you know, you often see this in if anyone ever studied or participated in debates or if you just pay attention to like political discourse, you often see people that are in that take whatever the argument might be to its logical extreme and make the other person try and defend or justify or explain the logical extreme. And in so doing, hoping that that person will slip up and, you know, give re- give a, you know, an opening for their opponent on the other side to, um, you know, lay waste to whatever their argument might be. In the case of Drew Locke, all we've ever really said is that we see that he has franchise quarterback potential. He has some tools and traits. And even George Payton said that, all right, when the first two times George Payton talked publicly as the Broncos' new GM, he said that in so many words, all right? All the tools you look for. You know, that's me paraphrasing what Peyton said. So, look, man, we think the potential is there, but potential, as we say on this show often, doesn't pay the bills, right? It's not going to pay the mortgage, potentially. The production is what pays the bills. So, at a certain point, if Drew wants to make it in the league, if he wants to have staying power in Denver, uh, you know, we've heard him say this a lot in the last two, three times that they've made him available, Zach, that – you know, he wants to be a starting quarterback forever. Like this is what he wants to do as if it's some kind of new realization to him, which is kind of bizarre, almost like maybe it's just a new way he's looking at it. But if that's true, Zach, now's the time. This is really his last, I think, true shot to prove not just to the Broncos, but to the NFL at large, hey, I'm a starting quarterback in the league. I'm a force to be reckoned with. Teddy Bridgewater's no joke, but at the same time, if you can't beat him out, that's the answer. That's an answer in and of itself. Yeah, Casey, I'm sorry your knickers are kind of ruffled here by calling you anti-lock, but uh, can he win championships at some point of his career? Casey, if we had a crystal ball, we wouldn't be on here. We would be counting our millions of dollars that we predicted that we would win in the lottery. So we see, like Chad said perfectly here, franchise quarterback tools. That's not saying he's even going to be a franchise quarterback. We just want to see him get a fair shake, and he has some experience now, and hopefully he gets some stability on the offensive line with his play calling and also his own development. He also has to take that step forward. And I'll say this as a pro-lock guy. It wasn't good enough last year. Drew was not good enough. He never stepped up and took hold of that job. So if he does that and the stars align for him, I think he can lead the Broncos back to the playoffs. And for a team that hasn't sniffed the playoffs in a half decade now, I think that's a logical first step to take, and then we'll go from there. That's all we're saying. Last thing I'll say, and then I'll segue to Mike, is look, if you if you take a look at the teams that were in the playoff gauntlet, NFC, AFC this past year, all right? Virtually all of them off the top of my head had a franchise quarterback or a franchise caliber guy. So it goes, it it stands to reason if you follow it to its conclusion there, that if Drew does grow into becoming a true franchise guy, that puts you in the running. That's going to put your team in the running to be perhaps candidates to win a championship. But first things first, that's way down the road. First things first, he has to prove himself out on the grass, beat Teddy Bridgewater, and then we'll see what happens. Um, Mike Evans, love you, bro. What letter grade would you give George Payton based on current mm-hmm. roster moves? Or is there anything you would have done differently? Zach, I'll let you take this one. You know, I, we've gotten this question a lot, and I'm still a, a really, really big George Payton fan. I think the Broncos hit a home run with him, and I think he's only going to get better as he grows into the job. 
I would say at worst, B plus, and I think A minus could also float for him. The only thing you can really nitpick is uh, Philip Lindsay. But even then, I mean, they got Javante. They brought in Mike Boone. I mean, they can make do. I still miss Philip, but I think Javante is going to be a good running back for a long while. I loved what he did in terms of retaining his own talent. That's where a lot of my adulation for uh, George Payton comes in. He locked down Simmons. He locked down Shelby Harris. He retained Vaughn. He retained Kareem. He brought in the core and retained the core and also had a great draft class. I'm still going to say A-. minus. I really like what he's doing this offseason. Yeah, Phillip's the only bone I have to pick with him. That's it. Philip Lindsay. And that bone is going to be significantly mitigated by whatever happens with Javante. Like if Javante goes on to have the success we expect him to have, you know, it ends up being a wash, but I still am very dubious about that move. I, I give him an A, A minus. Dave, glad to hear, by the way, that you're digging the, the Broncos book club for Facebook supporters only right now. We are reading Elway, A Relentless Life. You guys, we've had Jason Cole, the author of this book, on the show a couple of different times. It's not as boring as it sounds, Broncos book club. We, uh, we read the chapter during the week. So everyone has their homework assignment, right? Read X chapter. And then when we show up on the podcast to talk about it, we're engaged. We're, I'm talking about my insights from the chapter. The, you know, the members, Dave, everyone else, uh, talking about theirs. It's, it's actually been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, too. What other uh, podcast, what other brand, what other companies doing this right now, guys? What other Broncos book club podcast is out there? Any other NFL football book club podcast? Chad's an innovator, and we're a trailblazing uh, entity here in the podcasting world. Willie, I'm too poor for the room tonight here anyway. Nah, dude, as we, as we said, just showing up to us is is all it takes. So we appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Zach. That's your currency, Willie. It's just your interaction and just your participation. We appreciate you showing up every day. And your support to John is duly noted as well. He appreciates it. By the way, John, do you have D-Dub? Because I don't want to wait till the 11th hour like we often do with D-Dub. If you have him within your reach, I'd love to grab him. If not, I'm scrolling down. My my side is about to do a jump. Um, there he is. D-Dub. Wow. Living it up in paradise out in Hawaii. We have multiple superstars in Hawaii. And Dale, it would be really cool if you could join us for September 26th in Denver. Hopefully we get to see. You. And if not, we shall live vicariously through these very engagements and interactions we have with you. But dude, thank you so much. This is not the first time D-Dub has been uh, this generous to the Huddle Up podcast. And just know we appreciate you. And you know it means the world to us, my friend. This is far from the first time, and that's why we're so indebted with our gratitude. Thank you so much, D-Dub. Dale says, no one has mentioned the James Harden option when it comes to Rodgers. He announced he wanted to play for the Nets. Where does he play? Aaron can come into camp, not lose any money, and be a thorn in the side of the franchise. He can make it a real circus. Thoughts? He could. That's true. I mean, he really could. He could force the issue in that way, which would be very uh ham-handed although zach it could end up being also effective i don't know i mean what do we know about aaron Rodgers that would lead us to believe he'd be willing to do that though he's kind of a passive aggressive guy you know he's not so much a in your face type guy but i wouldn't put it past him i mean if it if the desperation reaches a certain point that's worse to me, though. If he's passive-aggressive and he kind of just lies in the bushes waiting to strike, you know, still waters run deep. 
I would rather deal with a person whose you know problems are on the outside and you can address them and not have someone that you think is okay and ends up you know pulling this kind of stunt. And you say that there's no reason to believe he'd do it again, but there's no reason to believe he wouldn't do it again, Chad. This is a guy who cut off his own family, and now he's pushing his way out of Green Bay after winning an MVP. So that's also a part of the um, the risk here by acquiring Aaron. You get a lot of the potential reward, but there's no guarantee he wouldn't just repeat this same stunt in a couple of years from now if things don't go his way. Fair point. Something about the past being the best predictor of the future comes to mind. It's a concern. It's a concern. This is our concern, dude. Wow. The queen in the wow. house. What's up, Christy? All is right with the world, right? When Christy is in the chat, and I'm not just talking about supers. I'm talking about in the chat, in the community, participating, engaged. Everything feels right with the world. How have you been? How have you been? How are the girls? Great to see you. Appreciate you. She says, hope you all are having a nice Sunday. Another week closer to football. Thanks, guys. This is true, and you guys are helping us grind through the six-week NFL summer. We're exactly one month away from training camp. July 27th is when Bronco training camp kicks off. Christy, are your ears burning, or is it your nose whenever you mention someone? But, yeah, we mentioned the royalty, the you know the queen of the podcast, Christy. Thank you so much, and we love you. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. We are at 48 minutes, so we got to start winding it down just a little bit here. Um Andrew, appreciate the super chat, bro. Great to see you. He says, Green Bay management has to keep their shoulders, excuse me, shareholders happy. Make Rodgers the bad guy until the end and accept the trade haul as if it was the only choice and best for the organization. Yeah, there's definitely some posturing that's going on here, right? Everyone at this stage in Green Bay is trying to save face, and it really is a conundrum trying to, if you're in their shoes, figuring out the best way to save face, knowing that it really feels like at this stage it's an unsalvageable situation. How do you maintain that credibility uh, for your shareholders and with your fan base and with your fellow owners out there and all that stuff? It's a pickle, but it doesn't don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, I, yeah, I also just think, you know, they, they can make him honor his contract. And what they're kind of doing so far, Chad, that complicated fella comment that Mark Murphy made – they're dinging Rogers' reputation. This is how you negotiate through the media. Just as Rogers did to Green Bay, making him look bad and uh, the Jordan Love pick and the Jake Cromelo release, the Green Bay is doing the same thing to him. He's They're painting him as this guy who can't be assuaged, he's never happy, and he's doing this uh, this division to a, a proud franchise that was uh, a couple snaps away from reaching the Super Bowl last year. So this is how ugly it gets, and I don't think they're going to back down. Even though Green Bay's fans are technically the owner of the team, they can make Aaron just honor the contract, and I think that's what they'll end up doing. All right, guys. Uh, let's grab one or two more, and then we got to dip out for tonight. Dale, talking about superstars in the house. Appreciate you, bro. He says, I've been working some side jobs, uh, resurrecting my tile installation days. Cool, dude. Hey, stack some Benjamins, man. Stack them. Whatever you got to do. He says, so I'm a bit late tonight. Pardon me, but I finally made it. Got to get my fix of MHH. Hey, dude. We're uh, getting our Dale fixed, so great to have you. Appreciate you, bro, and uh, let me know when you get that little package. All right? You know what I'm talking about. Got to get the the fix. Appreciate right. you, Dale. You the man. All right. Uh, let me see here. I don't want to leave any superstar out in the cold. We got – there's Andrew. Um, real quick, John, I'm going to grab this one here. Uh, 
from Robot of Doom on Twitch. We we probably neglect our Twitch community. We we need to try and keep them as included as possible. Robot of Doom Five, appreciate you, brother. I want to say I, I remember making you a um, admin or something. I don't spend very much time on Twitch, but I I think you got admin privileges on Twitch. I don't know. Anyway, the NFC says Robot of Doom is easier to get to the Super Bowl than the AFC. It's the Bucks in the NFC. And AFC, it's KC, Ravens, Browns, Titans, Colts, and Bills. Yeah, I mean, the AFC, I think, as a conference is stronger uh, in the in the current iteration of the NFL. But, hey, I'm old enough to remember when the, the, the real um, Super Bowl was the NFC title game, right? How many years was it? Was it 13, 14 years in a row, something like that, that the NFC won the Super Bowl to where it was like, you know, the team, what you really focused on in terms of who's going to win this, who's going to be the eventual world champions was whoever en- ended up coming out ahead in the NFC title game. AFC finally broke that spell with the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl 32. And then that changed the dynamic. It kind of flipped things. And here we are today. But Zach, I would say there's a few teams you don't want to sleep on in the NFC. I mean, any team quarterback by Russell Wilson <clears throat> right. that is led from a coaching perspective by Pete Carroll. Don't sleep on them. It's going to be interesting to see how this new iteration of the New Orleans Saints ultimately performs in the post-Drew Brees era, but uh, point is not lost on us. No, and you know what? You can easily make the case that if you say the NFC is the Bucs and the AFC is just the Chiefs. I mean, they're the best team, I think, by a, a wide margin in the AFC. But the NFC, you, you mentioned a couple teams already. You can throw out Arizona. I think Dallas is going to make some noise this year. It, it's it's Both are good conferences. I wouldn't say one is overwhelmingly better than the other. I think perhaps he's just getting at that maybe – in Aaron Rodgers' case, if like the pursuit is ultimately the top priority is another world championship, then it makes more sense to stay in Green Bay because the path, you know, it's basically get past Tom Brady and you're there. You're in the Super Bowl. We'll see. Uh, Sam Bam, what up, dude? Appreciate you, brother. Hi, Broncos country. Sorry for getting here late. Hope everyone's doing well. 77 days till we stomp the Giants. Go Drew Locke. Let them hate. Go Broncos. Hey, dude, thank you for keeping track of the days. Appreciate that. 77 days feels like a long time, but it'll be here before you know it. And we apparently we have a Jets troll in the comments. Like, come on, Jets gang, like talking crap in the side comments. Your team hasn't won a title since man walked on the moon. So you're, I think you're <laughs> in the wrong territory here. The Broncos have been bad lately, but not historically bad like New York. Trust me on that. But, yeah, 77 days, I think the Broncos are going to get a big win and ruin Zach Wilson's uh, road. I don't know if it's road debut, but I know it's the Broncos' home opener. I think they're going to come out victorious. In that game. It is the home opener. John, if you have Geiger Gaming's um, super sticker, you can get that one ready. We'll grab Dave, another Mount Rushmore superstar in the house. We can definitely now finish the pod because Dave from Georgia <laughs> is here. Love you, bro. He says, hey, Broncos country. Sorry I'm late to the party. Just wanted to show some love. Let him hate. Best Broncos pod. Dave, Thank you. How, how are you, dude? How you been? We've missed you. Hope all is well. Um, let's see. Is that – I can't tell. Hold on. Let me – all right. There we go. The Zombinator. That's a new name, Zach. Dope name. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. Locke put so much effort in this offseason. Why let it go to waste without evaluating in the regular season games? He did whatever he could to get better at least give him a chance to redeem hashtag let him hate. Yeah. We feel you. We feel you. 
Um, and I think ultimately that's how it'll shake out. Like if push comes to shove, if it's a negligible margin, the Broncos are going to go with Drew because of the incumbent aspect and because of the investment and the time they put into him. But he's got to – he can't just – from a from a balanced perspective in terms of competition, like if it's so lopsided between him and Teddy, if Teddy just like outpaces him, which I don't think will happen, the coaches are going to have to go with Teddy to save face with the, with the media and with the locker room. But I think with Drew – you're not going to see some big bombastic, you know, sensational training camp performance or preseason performance. Well, not preseason, training camp. I think you're going to see that kind of what we've always seen from Drew, a couple of days that are forgettable, followed by like just, wow, did you see what he did today? All these big plays on point, and then a couple of forgettable days, then another big spike. It's all going to come down to Drew, as we mentioned earlier, Zach. How do you perform when the lights are on in the preseason games? That's what's going to determine it. But he has put in a lot of work. We'd love to see it come to fruition. Zombinator, if this is your first comment, I I love you already. And Casey Martin, if you're listening, this is all we're saying here. We're not saying championship. We're not saying he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Just give him the evaluation in a normal season with the requisite number of reps and let him either sink or swim on his own volition. But Zombinator, we're right there in agreement with you, and we appreciate your uh, contribution. We look forward to more. From you. I mean, think about it. Just not well, not last week, the week before, Pat Shermer said that the number of reps the Broncos have been able to get under their belt by virtue of OTAs was a half season's worth of reps. That didn't count the weird training camp last year. That didn't count not having a preseason. So it kind of helps put into perspective all that was left on the table um, by virtue of the pandemic in terms of Drew getting the reps he needed in a brand new scheme. So we're all really intrigued to see how, what kind of hay he's able to make now that, as Zach mentioned, he's getting a more traditional swing at the plate. Uh, here's Sean B. What's up, bro? Good to see you. A superstar. Hey, Priest and Beast. Hope everyone is well. Getting closer to football every day. Go Broncos. Sean B., thanks for the support, dude. Love you. I know I miss football. I mean, it's like Christy said, it's one Sunday closer, and I'm so excited for this football season. Again, regardless of who's under center for Denver, I think we're going to have a good year in the Mile High City. Go ahead, John. The Hosh Winnick again. Hosh Winnick. Hosh Winnick. Appreciate you, dude. He says, thank you. I'm Ralph Fernandez Berriozabal. Hold on. Ralph Fernandez Berriozabal on Facebook. You pronounced Hatch Winnick perfectly. Oh, cool. Which means real people in Yucatec Mayan. Thanks again. Ooh, very interesting, dude. Very interesting. Raul, is that where you're at in terms of, or where you're from? The Yucatan? That's really cool, man. I'm very interested in all things Yucatan, dating back Mayan. Dig a little deeper, find the Olmecs, right? It's really interesting stuff. But thank you for the support, bro. I'm also all about being real. So I, I love that, and we appreciate that uh, that clarification. One or two more guys, and we got to say goodnight. Eugene, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter, my dog. Always watch, but new to the comments. Hello from New Mexico. Awesome show today, guys. I can't wait for this season. That's really cool to hear. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Eugene, you're in New Mexico. So welcome. Appreciate you showing us some support. Uh, Don't be a stranger, man. Engage in the content, in the the, uh, chat while we're live, get the conversation, help keep the conversation going. We appreciate you. Welcome to the huddle. I'm going to start saying that. Welcome to the huddle. Welcome.
Indeed. Um, here's Kane, living descendant of Billy the Kid in the house. All right. What's up, Kane? Love you, bro. You can pay everyone if you're the Chiefs. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, right? But, Zach, it kind of speaks to the what you talk about as far as salary cap voodoo. What salary cap? It's a myth. I mean, really, I, I, it's real. But like some other things out there, it's not as severe as you'd be led to believe. You can finesse it. You can massage it. And that's what the Chiefs did. They proved that. So, And also the Broncos did, Chad. I mean, they locked down two of their core players. They brought back two others, and they're still second or third most in the NFL in salary cap space. And even if they didn't have the Juwan James uh, release, they'd still be up there. It's just salary cap is not as severe as you would be uh, led to believe. Our friend Brandon Harden, a.k.a. Bama Broncos, in the house superstar what's up dude he says i'm sick of all the quarterback drama i'm just ready for some real football season yeah dude blink and it'll be here hang with us together we'll pass the time kill the time we'll get to the season it'll be here before you know it bro we'll get through it together as a family geiger gaming down under jumping in with a super sticker appreciate you brother you've really come on strong you've become a superstar of late so Keep it coming, bro, and uh, just know that we see you. We appreciate you. His, his, his super sticker and emoji, critical hit. You are a hit, dude. You're a hit parade, Geiger Gaming. Yeah, you are on the Mount Rushmore of Australia, if we're if that's Heck actually yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, Eventually, you're we're going to have to put the Mount Rushmores. We're going to have to categorize them by continent because it's just become an animal. It's, it's taken on a life of its own. So Geiger Gaming, appreciate you, my friend. John, I know we've got – whoa, hold up. Dale. D-Dub again, top rope, another triple-digit super chat. Dale. The man. Love you, dude. You the man. He says, here's to a round for the gang. First chance we get to hang. Can't wait for this season. Dude, first round's on us. Second round's on us. Third round's on us. Trust. <laughs> the six-pack, the 24-pack, it's all on us, Dale. Yeah, can't wait. Hopefully we get to meet you uh, this this coming fall. And if not, guys, you know, it's not going to be the last time we do these fun, you know, meet and greets and hangouts and live pods. It's, you know, well, there will be other opportunities. But, Dale, yeah, dude, if you can make it, it's going to be a legendary day. I'd love to meet you, Dale. And uh, and thank you in person for all your support over the months and uh, years now, Chad. I feel like years. it's... Yeah, I feel like it's going on years. So, Dale, that's why, again, you exemplify what it means to be a super chat superstar and a personal friend of ours. Thank you. We need to get you back on the show, too, Dale. It's been it's been a long time. It's been too long, dude. So uh, reach out. Shoot me an email. Let's set it up. Let's. We still got some dates in, I think, end of July and August before the season starts really getting going that we could definitely have you on. It'd be great. It'd be great, bro. But, guys, that's got to do it for tonight's Huddle Up Podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for peeling off some time. And whether you've been with us live or if you're listening after the fact as an on-demand podcast, we love each and every one of you. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, Monday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see what the work week brings by way of any news, buzz, movement on some of these quarterback trade fronts. We'll see. But until then, have a great start to your week. Shout out to all the Super Chat superstars. And Zach, sign us off, my dog. 
Yes, sir. Have a great rest of your Sunday, Chad, John, everyone else out there. Uh, you can follow the Huddle Up podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the mother account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Be sure to follow guys, Wanda Beast on Twitter. Oh, my God. Stop me in my tracks, Christy. Jesus. Haven't been able to show up for a bit. Sending love. GB. I don't know if that means goodbye, but God bless. Maybe that's what you mean. God bless you, Christy. Thank you so, so much. Literally nothing more we can say. This is why you're the queen and we love and adore you. Thank you so much. I'm reminded of the hit song, Take My Breath Away, because that's kind of how we're feeling right now. And Willie again, you know, see, too poor for the room. Love you, fellas. (laughs) Not at all, dude. Not at all. Kevin, they just don't up, make dude? him like Christy. That's the thing. She. That's why she's the queen, and she's forever etched in her, in her royal title there. But yeah, I gotta catch. I'm already tripping over my own words. Thanks, Christy. We appreciate you. Follow John on Twitter at John K M H H. Also, go to Facebook.com/slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Drop a like there. Also, guys, Facebook.com/slash Mile High Huddle. Big blue button supporter. We dropped KK earlier today. Not to give anything away, but it's five players on the roster bubble heading into training camp, including one or two players that are going to be left off the roster, I think, and that might surprise you. So go check that out. Great show today. Also, if you can, guys, patronize huddleuppod.com. Get your swag, get your hat, shirt, etc. We appreciate all of you. But if you can't do any of that, no sweat, Willie. We promise you, no problem. Just subscribe, as I'm sure you have already. Like and share. Everyone else out there, it helps us grow more than anything else and reach other Broncos fans just like you. But we'll be back, guys, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. More Huddle Up Podcast. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.